What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 20. Yes, episode 20 of season three. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Boosted Bruno. Kurt, uh, this weekend was a big boost to all of us because we had some amazing action, but also, arguably more importantly, got my booster shot. Booster COVID booster. Consider me COVID boosted. I got that on Friday. Feeling ready to rumble. You are boosted. You were hurting on Saturday during <laughs> the Instagram live. But you persevered, Bruno. <laughs> Kurt, we all had to persevere a little this weekend because these were not easy games to watch on the heart. They were not. I had absolutely zero affiliation to any team <laughs> aside from my hate towards oh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, 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 of course. But somehow, someway found myself incredibly worked up for each one of these games. Of course. And we had talked about, right, how coming into this weekend, these were great matchups. Last week, we were all saying, like, oh, like, these are all great matchups. They could all be exciting and whatever. We had seen the first round of the playoffs have some really not great games. So we were like, okay, great matchups on paper. Let's see if they delivered. Oh, boy, Kurt, did they deliver? Oh, Bruno, I think I'm not, I'm not being dramatic when I say this is the best weekend of football I've ever watched. Literally, from start to finish. And what's crazy is that it just kept getting better. It was amazing at the start, and it kept getting better until the end. You're so right. Each game got somehow better than the one before it. Which is insane, Kurt. So, I I mean, I agree. I don't remember, and especially with stakes on the line, like playoffs, like, again, not even just the first round, but the, the divisional round. I can't remember, like, a full slate, like, maybe individual games here and there coming up rivaling these, but not a whole, literally, set of four games this good. Every single game this weekend came down to the final play of the game. Insane. And we were on pace to have every game end the same way until the last game. Bruno, Roger Goodell doesn't deserve this. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't deserve to have a product this good. No, he doesn't. Um, yeah. No, go, go, no, I was just going to say, no, let's just credit Bob Kraft. Let's just credit Bob Kraft. Uh, you know what? I'm way in on that. I'm all the <laughs> okay. way in on that. Okay, good. Bruno, before we start, two yep. things. Sure. Uh, number one. Yep. It is not football related. Oh. David Ortiz. Oh, yeah. Let's go. First ballot Hall of Famer. I thought in my head, I was like, I try to think about what you're going to say. For each time, like when we do our introduction, I was like, well, how is Bruno going to enter this show? Mm. I thought today was going to be Bruno BP Briskin, mm. Bruno Big Poppy Briskin. That's that's where my head was going based on the based on the uh, the the events of this evening. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, Kurt. You, you've known me a long time. Once my mind is made up, once my alarms are set, it's really very, very hard for me to change it. So I just decide I don't know. Sometimes I decide what I'm going to say, like. <laughs> 
the second you say what's up everybody sometimes i decide like an hour before at some point i don't even remember when i was just like oh yeah i'm bruno boosted or boosted bruno or whatever i said obviously i saw the news tonight a, a little part of my brain kurt just like i almost was just like it's big it's big poppy i'm your poppy like i almost started by saying that but i was like you know what i already made up my mind so you know what that would have been electric too <laughs> bruno the second thing does have to do with football oh but Mm -hmm. Sean Payton out as the New Orleans Saints coach. Wild. Kurt, uh, I there may or may not be some things you have to say about the state of the New Orleans Saints. Do you the, do you want to go ahead and say them? I mean, <laughs> I just the demise is here. We have reached yeah. the demise of the New Orleans Saints. Bruno, I I find all of this to be incredibly interesting. Um hmm. Sean Payton, obviously one of the most the highest regarded coaches in the league. People were asking for, like, uh, I know the Chicago Bears have been interested in bringing Sean Payton in to coach the Bears for the last couple of years while right. he's still under contract with the Saints, um, which in, if he were to leave, they would have needed to be compensated. So it would have been like a trade that never came to fruition. Now, I think Sean Payton is a very, very smart man. But I also think that he's kind of selling out the Saints a little bit in this decision not to come back. These Saints, the Nolan Saints, Bruno, <laughs> are like $75 million over the cap for next year. Yikes. They have, to, they have to get rid of so many big parts of their roster. They have no quarterback. As of right now, uh, it's Taysom Hill who is out with a Liz Franck injury, which we saw derail cam newton's career yep and Jameis winston only signed a one-year free agent deal maybe he's back maybe he's not but right now they have no coach no quarterback <laughs> and they are in salary cap hell bruno i don't know i don't know jim i don't know jim kurt i'm a, i'm a, i'm almost gonna take what you said and extend it a bit farther and I, we didn't talk about this so you don't know what i'm gonna say no nope. kurt let's just be honest about the NFC South. If mm. Brady retires, which we'll get to, nothing, mm -hmm. no, there's no news. We're not breaking news here. It's just, you know, there's rumblings, but who knows what ends up happening. If Brady retires and there's a massive free agent exodus from the Bucks, if the Saints fall apart, which you just laid it out, if the Panthers are fucking terrible because they're fucking terrible, are the Falcons suddenly the favorites in the NFC South, Kurt? I. I can't quite fathom it. But I Kurt, can't like, quite fathom you, No, but you're right. The the most crazy scenario part of that is Brady retiring, which, like, apparently after this week isn't that crazy. So, like, Kurt, no. we're actually not that far off from us shitting on the Falcons for going, like, 7-9 and nine this year or whatever they went, and now they might actually be the division favorites. <laughs> they might win the division <laughs> yeah. at 7-10 and 10 yeah. next year. <laughs> so that's going to be possibly the most electric division in football next year. But, Kurt, back to your Saints point. It is crazy because you and I are now – you and I are uh, we're, we're seeing the end of an era of a lot of players like we grew up with, right? Like Ben Roethlisberger is recently, you know, he's retiring. And again, we don't like him, but he's just been around forever, right? We're used to him in the league. Obviously, people have retired in recent years, too. Sean Payton is another one of those guys that I feel like has been around forever. And the Saints have pretty much always been good with him there. So, like, yeah. to me, the Saints have just always kind of been good. Them all of a sudden being everything that you said and now not having him is wild to think about. It's wild, and like like you're right, Sean Payton, when you think of the Saints, you think of Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Oh, yeah. And now in the course of two years, both of them are probably – both of them are out. Yeah. Not probably. They're out. 
Yep. Um, and Sean Payton's tenure there was obviously incredible. They won a Super Bowl. So much of what he did for the city after Hurricane yep. Katrina. Um, but yeah, it's the end of an era. This is this is this is, you know, I knew this would this day would come when, like, we feel old. Oh yeah, and I was kind of hoping it would gradually start to happen. It's all kind of happening at once. Like all these guys are going out oh, at yeah. once, and it's like, holy shit! <laughs> like it's, it's too much, Kurt. <laughs> like. We're in a a year a league now where it's it's run by Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and those guys. It's not Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Well, TBD on that one. TBD for TB. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that. But Bruno, I think uh, I just I just needed to, to get that off my chest. Just talk about the Saints for a little bit. Yeah, Kurt. We absolutely needed to do that because, like you said some great like again crazy weekend of football and it just the news and the nfl buzz continued throughout into this week with all the other stuff happening this i mean the nfl like i said roger goodell doesn't deserve this the, the nfl is king 365 days out of the year oh, like yeah. the super bowl happens the second week of february and then there's the um, the draft the draft, and then b- b- before that, even oh. it's um, the combine. Oh, the combine, right, right, yep, yep, yep. So the combine, the draft, this schedule getting announced gets yeah. like <laughs> the one of the highest viewerships yep. of the of the of the year. It's just like all year round, the NFL is king, Bruno. It's crazy, Kurt. It's everywhere. It's it's crazy, and Bruno, I I, I apologize for talking so much in this intro, but um, I'm excited, and I'm excited to get into these games. So without any further ado, let's just do the damn thing. Kurt, we're chopping it up. Cue the music in three, two, motherfucking. And now the music's playing, baby. Let's motherfucking go. Kurt, we're just going to go right in order, right? There's no reason to not go in order. Sometimes, you know, we do it based on, uh, like, time. Well, actually, we usually try to go in order. We usually do start with, like, afternoon games and go all the way through. But, you know, there's no reason to deviate from that, Kurt, because every game is amazing. So we'll start with game number one. Kurt, we had Bengals at the Titans. And this was a game that we were all very curious to see. There was a lot. I feel like this game maybe had, I don't know, actually, uh, how do, what do you think about this before I get into the actual game, Kurt? Do you think this game had the most, like, unknown of some of the games? Because, th- and I'll explain why. We didn't yes. know how Derrick Henry was going to look. We didn't know which version of Ryan Tannehill we were going to get. We didn't know how impressive or not impressive the Bengals would look, right? Because we did talk about how their, their, their first playoff game, you know, it wasn't the craziest thing we'd ever seen. So this game, Kurt, we started the weekend with an unknown game. And, Kurt, it was, you know, maybe not as much of a banger as the other ones, but it was still a banger, Kurt. It was absolutely it, still a banger. It was still a banger, but you're very right about the unknown. There were a lot of question marks going to this game, and I think the biggest one had to be, what are you getting from Derrick Henry? Um, obviously, having him back for Tennessee was massive. But at the same time, and you can you can say whatever you want in practice or whatever, but you don't know right. what it's going to be like till he's out there. So, right. Um, you know, we saw what it was, and um, you're going to tell us more about it. Yeah, yeah Kurt. Speaking of uh, of knowing and not knowing things, we certainly knew that Joe Burrow was uh, Joe Cool, Mr. Cool. The world maybe didn't know about Evan McPherson before today. Maybe he, you know, some people who played fantasy had him on our team or followed him in college or whatever. I think the world went from not knowing who he was to him just being an absolute baller because he kicked, let's not bury the lead, game-winning field goal, Kurt, one of four field goals for him on the day four for four with the game winner that's pretty fucking impressive kicks the game winning field goal kurt lifts the uh bengals over the titans 19 to 16 kurt and the number one seed in the afc was kaput 
Goodbye. See you later, Bruno. More impressive. His four for four or the Wendy's four for four deal? <laughs> the Wendy's four for four is absolutely legendary. The Wendy's four for four has been there, done that for years. Evan McPherson, welcome to the scene. He has potential, Kurt, but the Wendy's four for four is king, and I, I will not hear any other slander. I agree. Bruno, uh, McPherson's jersey broke uh, jersey sales broke records this week. <laughs> Well, Kurt, I'm sure there was plenty of inventory of McPherson jerseys to go around. Well, there might not have been because they probably didn't make that many. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that's but another yeah, way to people, get people, it. But people, yeah. there was, they were not in demand before. Yeah. However, now they are. Now they are, Kurt. Uh, this game, Kurt, uh, you know, we'll get to the ending, obviously, in a little bit. But uh, the, the game had a little bit of everything, I would say. Kurt, you're a noted noted lover defender best friends with ryan Tannehill. you've said it for years you think he's maybe the best quarterback who's ever played on any afc east team that's a direct quote from you uh kurt he did you proud when he literally opened the game the very first play after the kickoff kurt with a, a little interception action and kurt <laughs> kurt, 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 kurt i think at that moment literally the entire world realized which version of Tannehill they were getting this game, Kurt, because there's nothing that says more like I'm here and this is how I'm playing today than throwing a pick on your first pass of the not even first pass, first play of the game, Kurt. So that was a big yikes. And again, like it's not like people didn't see this coming. The Tannehill debate has been, Ugh. you know, going back and forth among Titans fans and among non-Titans fans, NFL fans for ever since he's been in on the Titans, right? But I will say, Kurt, he threw three picks for the game, and that's not good. There's no way to sugarcoat that. It's not good. Simply not good. I will say two of those three were tipped. Like, it was either off the uh, the receiver's Ugh. hands or tipped by defenders. So, like, you do have to say that. Again, that is part of, like, what happened. But at the end of the day, you know, nobody else is getting those picks on the record. It's only him. So, again, that set the scene very early. You talked about this earlier, Kurt. Derrick Henry was also someone who wanted to set the scene for the Titans. And I will say probably just even having him out there definitely like helped the Titans with some confidence, right? At least for the players on the team. He ended up having 66 yards and kind of like an easy score where he just like rushed left and nobody really touched him. So again, like all things considered with how crazy he came back, how crazy quick he came back from injury, pretty impressive for Derrick Henry. I will say though, it was kind of clear on some of those plays where, you know, he was trying to like outrun someone or outmuscle someone that he just still wasn't at 100%, which like is fine. I don't think anybody was thinking, even though he was playing today, that he was like at 100%. He did give it his all, but it was clear that like he probably just needs some more time to get back to like, you know, the first half of the season when he was on pace to rush for like 5,000 yards for the season. Um, but, you know, he was out there doing his thing, right? He tried his best. So, you know, that was kind of the, the story of the for the Titans on offense at least kurt because on defense holy fucking shit kurt credit to you so again after two games i'm ready to admit i'm incorrect i would have rather played the bengals than the, the, the bills in the first thank round you, thank you. again i i had my reasons in the moment and even after last week whatever but after this week there's simply no way around it the <laughs> bengals offensive line as kurt said multiple times to my unlistening ears is fucking horrendous kurt bad horrendous the titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times, Kurt. And that even kind of feels low, if we're being honest, because it felt like he was getting sacked or pressured literally on every single play. It was crazy. They were destroying him. He had like no time to throw the ball or to assess the situation. Or Kurt, the announcers were even saying this, and I agree. Some of their routes they were running, especially on the, you know, second and long and third and longs, they didn't even have enough time to run the routes because no. the, the, the defenders were getting there so quick. So credit to Burrow for making the plays in the few times that they did have time. 
but man, it was tough. So getting back to the game a little bit, Kurt, uh, the Bengals were up 16-6 to in the third, and I don't know about you, but it was like kind of feeling at that point. I was like, wow, I guess the Titans just aren't yep. showing up today, like, which is crazy because, you know, it was number one seed. Titans came back and tied it at 16. It did feel like at that point the Titans had all the momentum, right? They tied it at 16 in the third quarter, and we felt like, you know, people probably felt like going into the fourth quarter, they was their game to lose. Kurt, instead of that, they simply did not score a single point in the fourth quarter, Kurt. Literally, goose egg. And Kurt, you want to tell me, or sorry, I will tell you, do you want to know what happened on their two fourth quarter drives, Kurt? Can I inform you? Please tell me. On their absolutely stellar two fourth quarter drives, Kurt, the first ended on a failed fourth down conversion that I'm mm. sure you will have plenty mm. to say within a second. Mm. And their second ended on a Ryan Tannehill pick, his final of the game, Kurt, which was insane because they were driving with less than a minute to go in a tie game. And all of a sudden, the Bengals get the ball in excellent field position. And what do you know? Joe Burrow does his thing, drives them down quickly to get into field goal range. Evan McPherson comes out. Joe Burrow after the game, great story, was like McPherson took like one practice kick and then just told everybody on the sideline, oh, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Hilarious. And it's not like it was a chip <laughs> shot either. Yeah. It was on a chip shot field I know. goal. But Bruno, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up because okay, back uh, up. that Ryan Tannehill interception. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking to myself, well, the game was tied at 16, and the Titans had the ball, and they were trying to drag down the field. Right. There was zero urgency by the Titans. I'm like, oh yeah, why? yeah. I'm like, why are they not going faster? Why are they not letting Tannehill throw the ball? <laughs> well, 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 Kurt. They weren't letting Tannehill <laughs> throw the ball because from the very first play where he threw an interception, they knew, oh, yes, this is the Ryan Tannehill version. We got the Walmart version today, oh boys. God. Okay, we got the Walmart version. Actually, screw that. We got the dollar store version of yeah. Ryan Tannehill today. <laughs> so they don't allow Ryan Tannehill to do anything. And then they tr he, tr he tries to complete, like, one pass, and, of course, it ends up in the hands of the Bengals. Yep. So um, I get it. I get it now. Uh, <laughs> but in the moment, I was like, what are they doing? I was like, they have, they're like not trying to win the game. And it resulted in them trying to win the game. They ultimately lost the game. So you hate yep. to see that. Yeah, Kurt, the, the, the Titans didn't want to let uh, Tannehill throw the ball. But the Bengals were certainly letting McPherson kick it. Because as we said, he had three field goals up until that point. He walks on the field after telling one, everyone, like you said, before he even kicked it. But it wasn't like a 20-yarder, like an extra point status. It was like a, I forget the actual length. I think it was, it was like 52 yards. It was lengthy, and he absolutely nails it. So good for the Bengals. Crazy scene. Joe Burrow backed up his talk from last week when he's like, this is the expectation now. We're here to win. We're the boys. We're, you know, we got ice in our veins. Kurt, I will say, I don't think this is how I envisioned it when I thought the Bengals were going to win, but I picked them to win, so I have to be proud of something. I will say, on paper, you are absolutely correct that the Titans have a coaching advantage. Kurt, I would like to give you an opportunity to elaborate on your paper analysis being correct, but perhaps the actual analysis being a little different. Mike Vrabel got coach outcoached severely in this game, Bruno. By who, Kurt? <laughs> Mike Vrabel got outcoached <laughs> severely in this game, okay. Bruno, and it was uh, it was a it was a sight to behold. It right. was like I don't know that didn't look like the Tennessee team that we no. had seen the last couple weeks. Um, yeah. They were playing with some swagger. They had um, they had everyone back. Well, obviously not Henry, but like right, right. They were they were just kind of balling, and Tannehill was Tannehill was playing at a ridiculous pace for him. Yes. Now, Bruno, um. I texted you this right after the game. Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it, Ryan Tannehill has a 
I believe, a $34 million cap hit next year. <laughs> yeah. And that's tragic Ooh. because he sucks. Yeah. So <laughs> It's literally quite simple. <laughs> the, uh, not oh, good. Not, not good. good. But, yes, I have to admit Mike Vrabel did not, did not coach well in this game. Questionable decisions, especially that fourth down run stuff late. Yes. Uh, not great. That Tannehill option where he just kept it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to keep this one and run it. Like, okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sir. No. <laughs> no. That ain't you. That ain't your game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that not great. Not great from the Titans. Um, a little bit of a, a bye week letdown maybe? Perhaps, yeah. Rest uh, versus rust, you know what we always say. Rest versus rust. Bruno, there's another, another number one <laughs> seed that uh, – Feels a little similar <laughs> to the Titans this week because they're not playing anymore. Ooh. They're not playing anymore, Bruno. That, they might have preferred uh, uh, not no rest and instead. Well, no, they might have preferred no rest because in the end, the rust was shown, Bruno. The rust was shown. Bruno, it just needs to be stated off the bat. Aaron Rodgers is a bum. He's a bum. He's a bum. Uh, there's a certain Twitter user <laughs> with uh, this person's, what do we call it? Uh, they're at. They're at is uh, at Kurtfield13. Really handsome <laughs> devil I've heard. Great follow, uh, by great the way. Great follow. follow. If, you, follow. If, you, if you like sports, <laughs> specifically the Patriots, it's a must follow. Uh, Bruno, this certain Twitter user, uh, quite simply, let it be known that uh, he never <laughs> wants to hear another peep, a peep about a peep. Aaron Rodgers being anywhere as good as Tom Brady. Ever. Ever. I think, he, I think this person... Was pretty adamant about that, and this tweet was pretty for. This tweet also got like twenty like twenty favorites, yeah. so uh, people people agreed. I I agree with that. That random Twitter user, I agree with her. Would you say that random user is correct? I would say they are. I I agree. <laughs> Bruno, Rogers and the Packers have choked yet again. Yet again. In a home playoff game, yet again, and uh, this time it was by division. Nope, they're not the same division. No, but conference. Conference. <laughs> caught myself there. there <laughs> conference rival, the San Francisco 49ers, 13-10. Bruno, this game at the beginning sucked. Oh, there yeah. was nothing going on. Um, it, I will say this game really came down to two things. Numero uno, the first and much more glaring issue. The special teams for the Green Bay Packers, oh. Bruno, whatever we had to watch this year for the Patriots and how bad their special teams <laughs> oh were, God. multiply it by 10. Yikes. And that's what you had for Green Bay. Worst special teams unit in the entire NFL, and it came back to bite them this weekend, Bruno. Yep. Uh, they had a field goal blocked at the end of the first half. You might have thought, mm, you know, rather meaningless. Mm. When you lose a game by three <laughs> points, that is no longer meaningless. <laughs> the 49ers scored their only touchdown. <clears throat> <laughs> Their only <laughs> touchdown by blocking a green by punt and recovering it for a touchdown. Oh this was with, God. what, five minutes to go in the game? Oh, it was significant. Yeah, it, it, was, was, it was under five to go. It was under five to go. <laughs> Nothing had gone right for the San Francisco <laughs> offense, and they got a touchdown because of yep. special teams. Yep. Bruno, the Green Bay punt and kickoff coverage units left a lot to be desired. But yep. most importantly, this game once again came down to a Last second field goal. Yep. The 49ers drove down. They were in field goal range, and they went yep. out to kick the game winner. Bruno, mm. in a tie game where it's a relatively chip shot field goal for NFL kickers. Now, it was in the snow in Lambeau, so I will, you know, there's a little bit of a, a degree of difficulty there. But, Bruno, wouldn't you, would, wouldn't you uh, fathom that you would want 11 
out of 11 guys out on the field goal block unit? Kurt, I would fathom that you would, but surely, surely it had to have been a result because there wasn't a timeout right before the field goal, right? Surely. There was, there was no timeout. <laughs> no, definitely not a timeout right before so you know you can set your, your, yeah. your unit. <laughs> well, this unit, they, they come on out there, Bruno. That last ranked unit, they come on out there with Ugh. 10 fucking people. Yikes. Bruno, I'm not saying they would have blocked the kick, but like, what are we doing? And Kurt, we saw a blocked field goal literally in this game. Yeah, by, <laughs> so a, by a good special teams yeah, unit. So it's like, you know. <laughs> Bruno, the, uh, the 49ers on offense couldn't get anything doing couldn't get anything going this entire game. Jimmy did play pretty well early on, but you wouldn't have known it by his stats. He started the game 0 for 5. Three of those were drops. It was and they were it was like drops you wouldn't expect to see, like Kittle, and it was all like some of these crazy. George was Kittle like, might have went for a touchdown on that yeah. one. He, Jimmy hit him on like a 20-yard post route. Yep. And it it was cold. It was I don't know if it had been snowing yet at that point. But Kittle didn't try to catch it with his hands, tried to catch it with his body like he was in on the ninth grade Granby Bears team. <laughs> we don't do we don't do that we don't do that around here uh and it, it bounced right off his chest yeah um i the only people that scored for the 49ers were special teams yeah yeah i mean that's it that's it so, simply so bruno um the second thing that did decide this game yep was the packers one dimensional offense bruno aaron Rodgers decided it was going to be the Devonte adams and aaron jones show Mm. And while well, both those players are fantastic, yeah, we, you know that that ob that is obvious. You just need more than that in a divisional round game. Bruno, the Packers only put up ten points at home in Lambeau, and I will say this: uh, Aaron Rodgers played okay, okay, yeah, uh, okay. That's yeah. that's as far as I'll go with that. But he missed some some plays that you just expect Aaron Rodgers to to make. Oh, there yeah. was a play. Late in the game when it was tied 10 to 10. And uh, the Twitter dots. Have you seen those dots that have been on Twitter? Um, yes. That like show the play, but just using dots. Yeah. Um, Alan Lazard, who has been one of his top targets all season on a third and 10 or whatever it was, uh, ended up being so wide open in the middle of the field when Green Bay was trying to drive down the field and hit the, uh, for a game-winning drive. That he was so wide open that it was almost comical. Yeah. Yet Aaron Rodgers threw the ball, a heck of a deep ball, to a double-covered Devontae Adams and didn't even give him a chance to make a play on the ball. That's like That, to me, tells me, A, you were too worried about the San Francisco pass rush, or B, you had made it up in your mind where you were going with that ball before the play even happened. We tell JV kids in football, you can't do that. Aaron no, Rodgers no. cannot do that when a game is on the line, Bruno. So that, that was pretty pitiful uh, by Rodgers. And we know that their offense was great this year, but the last couple weeks, something didn't seem perfectly right. And it, it, it kind of translated into this game, Bruno. Uh, Rodgers, obviously, at the conclusion of the game, gave his little uh, yeah. I love you sign to the Green Bay fans and walked down the tunnel, which probably is the last time. Probably. Uh, he did say in his press conference that he will figure it out, but he wants to be absolutely nowhere near uh, or part of a rebuild. And uh, just like the Saints that we talked about, 
there's a rebuild coming in in uh, Green Bay because they are $45 million over the cap as well. Bruno, I have two quick things for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I see things on Twitter, and I screenshot them, and I'm like, okay, I have to bring these up for the pod. Here is a list of quarterbacks who have played in a Super Bowl. Oh, I love this. <laughs> more recently than Aaron Rodgers. I'm ready. <laughs> Eli Manning. Oh, my God. That's Tom gross. Brady, six times. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Oh. Colin Kaepernick. Respect. Russell Wilson, two times. Okay. Peyton Manning, two times. Oh. Cam Newton. Matt Ryan. Nick Foles. Jared Goff. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, twice. And Jimmy Garoppolo. Yikes. That is the list of quarterbacks who have played in a Super Bowl more recently than Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, I don't want to hear a damn peep. A peep about Aaron Rodgers being better than Tom Brady. Literally not a peep. Not a peep. Bruno, I do have one last thing about this game. Hit me. We talked about the only points scored in this game came from the spe- or for the 49ers, came from their special teams. Yep. That ain't going to get it done going forward. Also you, true. You would think. However... However, there's the Jimmy Garoppolo. This, Doo-wop. this, what was that tweet I sent you? Like hot, sexy garbage. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, sexy garbage. He, uh, he is nine and two in his career when he has thrown zero touchdowns. That is absurd. He is three and zero in the playoffs, not throwing a touchdown. <laughs> That's impossible almost. That is impossible. Bruno, Banana Land stats uh, coming your way. I'm taking stats guy's job. Yeah, I think you are, Kurt. And so definitely Bananas. Kurt, I will say this. Uh, You know what the narrative also was all week? That like the 49ers are a California team and they're not going to translate well to the cold. I guess people forgot that they also beat the Packers when they went to the Super Bowl. So Hmm. that's another thing that they have to mention. Hmm. And Kurt, I will say, again, not to spoil what's coming, but like they're... Next, one for sure, and two potential games are both in California. They are. They're not going to have to go far. <laughs> so I will say, Kurt, if they're looking to rebound, uh, they're going to have some ideal weather to do so. But, no, Kurt, we shall see how I the don't... 49ers look. I don't want them in this. I don't... We'll get there. We'll get, get there. there. We'll get there, Kurt. We'll get there. Kurt. We'll get there. Kurt, who they potentially would have to beat to get to the Super Bowl, we differed on opinions wise i'll give credit to you for this we differed on pick six we were together on two picks and we were separate on two others we already talked about the bengals titans that we disagreed on this was the one that you were correct on kurt but maybe not in the way that even you thought it was gonna happen no because this game was wild kurt rams 30 bucks 27 you see that score and you're like oh wow like maybe it's a close game a little back and forth like rams pull it out in the end like whatever uh no 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 kurt that isn't at all what happened this game kurt do you know what they say what do they say? <laughs> Kurt, they say that 27 to 3, it ain't 28 to 3. You and know, that was proven correct today, Kurt, or it, on this game. It was just too easy. You know, Tom didn't feel like he, you know, he's like, no, nah, I can't do it again. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to do that to the people. Yeah, he's like, I, you know, once is enough, and it ain't as impressive. I've, Kurt, I've ruined one franchise. I don't need to ruin another one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, we were talking about up until this point, him kind of breaking the Rams up until this year. You know what I mean? So yes. he kind of he broke the old Rams. He's a new Rams, so I guess. Yeah, the the um, store bought Rams. Store bought Rams. Yeah, absolutely. So Kurt, I mentioned twenty seven to three because believe it or not, to the shock of most people, even if people thought the Rams were going to win, the Rams went up. 
27 to 3 in this game, which is absurd, Kurt. I'll get to the ending later, but we got to start at the beginning. Early on, Kurt, it was all Rams. I remember you and I texting each other and being like, did the Bucks like forget how to play defense? Because it, it was, was that bad. That bad. Yeah. It was atrociously bad. First half, Matt Stafford throws for two touchdowns. One was a 70-yard bomb to Cooper Cup, who it's like, Kurt, the, newsflash, he's the best receiver in the NFL this year. He set like all these records. Maybe cover him? We <laughs> should probably cover him. It looked we like Juwan it looked like Juwan Williams is out there covering. Oh, your favorite, Kurt. Oh. Your favorite or Bethel, your other favorite. So uh <laughs> just Bethel. <laughs> yeah, so Kurt, the Bucks defense was playing atrociously, giving up big plays left and right, not covering Cooper Cup. It was terrible. Meanwhile, Kurt, simply on offense or uh sorry, Bucks on offense. Brady was letting the pass rush get to him, which is kind of a joke at this point because we say that's the way you have to beat Brady. But, like, it kind of was getting to him in the first half especially, right? And there just wasn't any cohesiveness on offense. Like, it just looked like, I don't know. It, we, we were texting each other. Like, they looked like a team who didn't play last week. When they yeah. did, they had yep. their warm-up game. Yep. So that was bizarre to see. So we all think, you know, especially for Tom Brady teams, second-half team, second half player, second-half team. Again, that's maybe some of that's Belichick and Patriots too. But, like, you know, we all you – know, that's kind of what we picture when mm -hmm. we think of Brady – First play of the second half, or sorry, not first play. First Rams drive of the second half, Kurt. Matt Stafford says, I'm running the damn thing. Kurt, this is the second week in a row he's at a rushing touchdown. Matt Stafford, wheels. He's, you know what? <laughs> Give the man some credit. I think they, I think there are combined two yards across those two rushing hey, touchdowns. But you know ain't, ain't that a bitch. <laughs> ain't that a bitch. So they go up 20 to 7 to 3, Kurt. And I think the internet exploded at this point, right? Because it was relatively early in the third quarter. Everyone knew. And everyone, you see 20, it's so beaten into us, right? Like, and again, it was 20 to three at halftime. So we were primed. Like, we were like, oh, like this could be a reality where we're seeing the same thing we saw against the Falcons, obviously. But Kurt, like I said, 27 to three, Kurt, it ain't 28 to three. It ain't. And you know what, Kurt? It was also weird because yes, Brady led a miraculous comeback, which I'll get into. But so much of the comeback was just the Rams being like, what the fuck are you doing? And it Bruno, was I, wild. I need to stop you there for a second. Because, sure. so you know how everyone on Twitter was like, it's 27 to 3, it's 27 to 3? Yep. I want your opinion, but I have no doubt in my mind, zero doubt, that the, that the Rams knew that too. And oh, they, yeah, oh, yeah. And they knew who was on the other sideline. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was like a carbon copy of what happened in the Super Bowl. Like, the Falcons in the Super Bowl started pissing down their leg. In this game, the Rams pooped. They didn't piss, they pooped. <laughs> they took a number two. They took a deuce. They dropped a deuce. <laughs> Bruno, they were giving the game away. Kurt, it was crazy. And I agree, right? Like, again, to your point, I absolutely agree, Kurt. It was crazy. The second half, honestly, for like a crazy comeback and a crazy second half, it was honestly just kind of sloppy. And honestly, by both teams, not even just the Rams. The Rams especially, right? But by right. both teams, Kurt. Penalties, turnovers, dumb decisions. Kurt, let me just lay it out there for the people just in case it wasn't clear before. The Rams, in the second half alone, so they fumbled in the first half. Let's not ignore that one. That counts, right? It was in the first half, but it still counts. They fumbled not once, Kurt, not twice, but thrice in the second half, Kurt. Uh, and just once absurd. was on the third. Once is on the goal line, right? Yeah. Was it the first half one? They fumbled I on the one yard line. The one yard line. Yeah. Right. And not Cam great. Akers had two of them. Two fumbles. So it's like, bro, like, come on, my guy. I mean, we were just talking about him all the time, and now yeah, it's like, buddy. Not, not good. So, Kurt, let me just give you – set the scene for these fumbles really quick because um, I know we want to get to the ending. Everybody wants to talk about the ending, but let me just set the scene really quick. The first fumble in, of the second half – again, this is all second half from Rams. 
Tampa Bay had just hit a field goal to go cut the lead to 27 to 6. Hilarious to say People they cut were the lead to 27 to 6. Goal, yeah. yeah, because it was kind of a pitiful field goal. Kurt, they do the classic field goal, force a turnover, and then they score right away, and now it's 27 to 13. Hmm, of course. Score game. Hmm. Of course. Again, that's not all the lead, right? Because, again, there's a lot more to go. Kurt, the second fumble was the play after the Bucks committed a fumble of their own. The Rams were just like, you gave us the ball? No, no, no you. No, you take it back. Said. Take it back. <laughs> they take said it back. no you, which is, Kurt, is just a preposterous sequence of events. And, Kurt, the Bucks then scored to, to, to make it 27 to 20, right? They're down seven. The whole world is going crazy. The internet is exploding that Brady's going to do it again. Everyone's going mad. Kurt, they cut it to seven, 27 to 20, and the Rams are like, nah. You need to tie this game up, son, because they fumbled it again right there. And Kurt, literally, what did the Bucks do? They were like, okay, we're going to score. And that's how we got to 27-27, Kurt. Kurt, it was honestly crazy. We all were thinking that Tom Brady was about to do the damn thing. Though, again, like the Bucks had a fumble of their own. They weren't looking like amazing, but like they did it. They came back. Yeah, I, I thank you. I didn't need to interject because everyone's like, oh, Tom Brady, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then they saw the final score. It's like, oh, he didn't do it. He did do it. He right. tied the game 27-27 with 42 seconds to go. Tom did his part. Now you just need to stop. Right. And, and they didn't do that. And, Kurt, spoilers, like you said, they did not do it. Kurt, we were thought we were witnessing him do it again. And, again, like we said, we can rightfully say he brought them all the way back to 27-27. Here's the part, though, that was absolutely bananas. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford <laughs> trots onto the field, Kurt, having just lost his playoff virginity last week, yet a week ago, having shit in his pants kurt because like you said the rams decided to once they knew this was happening i'm they just absolutely shit themselves all the whole second half but kurt most importantly ice in his goddamn veins baby kurt you can't deny it shit in ain't, his pants but ice in his veins ain't nobody care about <laughs> pooping your pants if you got ice in your veins absolutely true kurt he so he gets sacked on the first play rams burn their final time out and we're like okay this is gonna go over time because they're just you know they're shitting themselves and they're not gonna do anything kurt they come out of the timeout, and yes, you have to give credit to Stafford and Cooper Cup, but my God, the Bucks! are you really going to squander what Tom Brady, the God, just did for your team? They just played horrendously because Stafford comes out. We all knew who he was going to throw to for this final drive. He has had one guy that he's gone to every single time. He throws not once, but twice to Cooper Cup, Kurt. First for 20, and then they said 20 ain't enough. Let's double it 44 more, Kurt. Kurt, they, it was simply stunning that, especially that second play, not only did they get into field goal range, Kurt, they were, they got to like the 10 yard line. It was why, crazy. Why the Buccaneers felt the need to blitz in that scenario and go cover zero. Bruno, I know what Tom Brady did for the Buccaneers. He, he helped bring that program to relevancy again. But in the end, a buck is going to buck, Bruno, and the buck bucked. <laughs> and the bucks fucking sucked, Kurt, because seriously. Oh, amen. <laughs> they, that fucking defense was so bad. Kurt, they went with the old, let's not put extra coverage on the best wide receiver in the NFL play, mm -hmm. and I not, did not work a single time this game. Yeah, let's leave him singled up with a safety in yeah. the, the biggest <laughs> moment of the game. Yikes, Kurt. That's that's almost like uh, putting Gronk out there to cover someone deep, right? Yes. Yes. Sorry. I, I, I don't know why I thought of See, that, but I, I had was to a, say that. I was just about to make a comment about, about like, Br that's Bruce Arians screwing over Tom Brady. Right, right. I was like, Bill Belichick would never do that. But then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> I, he put Gronk out there. But that was special teams. That was special teams. Special teams. Oh, no. Actually, no. That was defense. Well, you know. <laughs> it was special. It was uh, Brian Flores. It was Brian Flores. It was Brian Flores. Oh, he was out fuck. of a job. No, it wasn't. 
Who it was it? Steve Belichick. Okay, moving on. Okay, it was Steve. Um, yep. But anyways, Kurt, so Stafford spikes the ball. Everyone is stunned because we're used to seeing Brady lead these drives, not Matt Stafford lead these drives, especially not in the playoffs. Matt Gay, Kurt, kicks the game-winning field goal. And Kurt, all of a sudden, it was crazy. We had our third straight playoff game end with a road team kicking a game-winning field goal as time expired. It was absolutely insane, Kurt. I, I guess good for the Rams for like having the somewhat composure to come back and win this game. Obviously, they're going to have to figure it out you know, next week because they can't play like that either. So speaking of teams heading into the NFC Championship needing to improve, I would say the Rams, like they got to put a consistent effort out there. I will say, though, Kurt, you know, coming back to what we talked about at the beginning, Brady, obviously a tough, tough loss. And again, like you could say he brought them all the way back only to let the defense let him down. In the, in the days since that game, he went on, I forget which podcast, Jim Gray or whoever's podcast yeah, that was. The Let's Go, it's Brady's podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, with Jim Gray, Brady's podcast, he basically was saying along the lines of, like, I've been away from my family. Giselle and the kids don't like seeing me get hit. It was a really hard season, a lot of adversity. We all know, you know, Antonio Brown and all the other injuries and all that sort of stuff went on. Basically strongly hinting at being, like, he doesn't know if he's going to play next year. Obviously, still emotional. It's been less than a week since that game happened. Obviously, you know, we're in unprecedented waters with Brady because he's always said he wants to play till at least 45. And I think he's 44. He's 44. He's 44. So, like, who knows? But, Kurt, like, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I think you and I both. uh, Actually, you know what? I I don't want to say anything. Kurt, if you had to guess right now, not necessarily owing it all to that quote, do you think he retires or do you think he comes back next year? I think he's done. You think he's done? I think he's done. <sighs> that would be crazy to go out like that. That would suck. But again, like so. Here's how I want to. I and I. Here's how I want to phrase this. Okay. Okay. I think he's done because, in a weird way, he said he wanted to win with the Super Bowl. He did say that. Remember, Collinsworth and Michaels had yep. like a, that quote: "The ideal way to go out would be a Super Bowl." And Brady said, "Ideally, a Super Bowl," but I don't know if that's this year. Meaning, I think Brady knew. Right. They probably weren't getting there this year. But he's like, there are a lot of other circumstances that come into play, blah, blah, blah. I don't really think he... I think on the surface he likes Bruce Arians. I think he thinks he's a bimbo. I think yeah. he thinks he's like an absolute head case. But I ultimately think this is the this is the perfect way for Brady to go out. Oh. the So he wins a Super, uh, wins a Super Bowl in year one. Yep. In year two, he didn't win a Super Bowl. But he arguably had his best year ever and is going to probably win the NFL MVP. So in two years with the Bucs, you win a Super Bowl, and then when you're 44 years old, you win an MVP. And in what potentially could be your final game, you are down 27-3, to and you ultimately come back by down 24 points and tie the game in the last minute of the game. I, he's the boogeyman, Bruno. Tom Brady is the boogeyman, and I think... The ultimate sign of respect and the biggest compliment someone can ever receive is being fear. You, you strike fear into them. And that is exactly what Brady did to the, to the Rams. He struck fear into the Rams for the whole second half when they when the, the, the comeback, you sensed that comeback was actually happening. The Rams kind of cowered. They ultimately pulled it out because Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup made a play, which credit to the Rams. But I think it's the ultimate sign of respect almost that like they they knew what you were at 44 years old terrified of you and you brought your team back so i i ultimately do i think this is the end i think it's i think he didn't look like himself 
until he got hit in the face, Bruno. He I, he didn't have that like that look. Even his hype videos suck now. Like yeah. it's um, it's just like I don't I don't know if his heart is one hundred percent in it anymore. And he has the TB12 method, and he has the Brady brand, the clothing yep. brand now. And he wants to do movies, and he's on he's in all these commercials. Like, and his family needs him, according to Giselle. So I I don't know, Bruno. I don't I don't. I'm more in the camp that he's done. And Kurt, honestly, this uh, potentially solves the mystery we were talking about last week, but man in the arena. Yep. You know, of course, he's not going to say he's retiring right now because if he is going to do that, he'll film it all. I'm sure they're getting footage. I'm sure between Sunday of him walking slowly off the field, sitting at his locker, soaking him the moments, you know, whatever. I'm sure they have tons of footage, him walking to his car, driving off into the sunset. I'm sure they've been filming ever since that game ended, right? So... You know, if there's going to be an announcement, we're going to find out in this uh, mysteriously delayed Man in the Twelve Man in the Arena episode that's coming out. But Kurt, what a wild way to go if that's his last game. Yeah, it's um, it's surreal. If that is it, it is surreal. And yeah. I, you know, for as long as I've watched the NFL, Tom Brady's been a quarterback and he's been my favorite player. And oh, that's yeah. it's going to be so goddamn weird without him in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And I I want so badly <laughs> if it is, if he is done. You know how Peyton Manning came back and signed a one-day contract with the Colts? It didn't happen immediately, but yeah. it happened a couple years later. That's all I want. That's all I want. And I again, I don't, I'm not apologizing for wanting the Buccaneers to lose this year. I love Tom Brady. <laughs> I love Tom Brady. But I think, again, I'll say it again, I think it diminishes what he did with the Patriots if he was able to go out there and just win two in two years with the Bucks. Were they kind of a super team? Yeah, but still, I think it I think it would dim have diminished things. Um, so, I don't know. I would just love to see him back if, just for a day to go out of Patriot. And I know things ended on bad terms or whatever. But I hope that there's been some... Some post nut clarity, Bruno, <laughs> and oh I hope God. that I hope that Belichick conversation with him in Week Four in that locker room for twenty minutes or whatever maybe helped things. I don't know, but he's a Patriot. He'll always be a Patriot, and I'm still annoyed that he has to put a Buccaneers thing in the Hall of Fame. Retweet, uh, Bruno. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the game? No, I, I heard I'm pretty much with you. Uh, it's crazy that we've talked for this long, and yet there's a whole other game to go. Yeah, I just saw the <laughs> clock, so I'm going to try to go. Uh, we, this is the most exciting game, so I'm not going to yeah. rush through it, but Kurt's got to get going here, okay? <laughs> so, uh, Bruno, as yep. we talked about, each game this weekend, it was like we were we were going on a ride. And oh, yeah. Ended at the, we ended at the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we never came back down. We're still at the top. <laughs> Bruno, if I told you that Josh Allen would throw for 329 yards, mm. dish out four touchdowns, all mm. of which happened to be to Gabriel Davis, mm. rush for 68 yards. The Bills mm. score 36 points with zero turnovers on the road at Arrowhead, and they uh, they lose the game. Mm. But would you say I'm crazy? Kurt, I'd call you fucking crazy as fuck. Well, good, because call me crazy. Because the goddamn <laughs> Chiefs stole victory from the Bills. The Bills had it, Bruno. It was in their sweet, soft, deserving hands, and uh, it was it was stolen. It was thiefed. <laughs> uh, and the Chiefs ended up winning at home 42-36 in wow. overtime. Bruno, this was obviously a very close game throughout. But to be completely honest, the ending the ending is where we need we need we need to discuss the ending, okay? Yes. At the 2-minute warning in the fourth quarter. The 2-minute warning. Mm. That is quite literally 120 seconds. <laughs> the score was 26-21 Chiefs. Huh? 
Who? 26-21 Chiefs. You heard me, Bruno. I did not stutter. <laughs> the Bills ended up scoring right after the two-minute warning, which capped off a 17-play drive spanning over seven minutes of the game. And they even got the two-point conversion. So they ended up going 29-26, going up 29-26, which was massive, mm -hmm. massive, with 154 left. Now, yep. I think everybody kind of felt how they would feel if Tom Brady had the ball right. down three with 154. Uh, it was too much time for Patrick Mahomes. Did Patrick Mahomes have the best year he's ever had by his standards? No, he did not. Right. But in the end, he is still, sadly, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Bruno, five plays is all it took for Patty. Uh, he hits Tyree Kill for a 64-yard touchdown where uh, Tyree Kill waved goodbye and chucked the deuces up at uh, at the def at the uh, Bills defender. Should have been a, ta a taunting penalty. Yeah. But because it's the Chiefs, it was not a taunting of penalty. Course, of course. Uh, no, you know, maybe uh, he would have to be uh, uh, in jail for what he did. I, I would say jail. Jail. Uh <laughs> <laughs> or lethal injection. One of the, yeah, I said what oh, I said. Bruno, the Chiefs up 33 29 <laughs> with one minute and two seconds left. So the seesaw battle continues. Yes. Josh Allen simply says, That was cute. Watch this. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Hold my, what are they? Labot? Is that what they drink up there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hold yeah, my yeah, Labot. Yeah. So, Bruno, the Bills go down and score again, capped off by his fourth touchdown to Gabriel Davis. Uh, the route that Gabriel Davis put on this this man's from the Chiefs assault assault <laughs> it was a fourth and 14 and Gabriel Davis ran like his he stemmed it like to like the probably 10 yards and then he like kind of just a quick fake to the outside and then back towards like the post this man was on the floor this Chiefs man was on the ground broken his jock strap is still in Arrowhead <laughs> Bruno straight mayhem they scored with like I told you fourth and 14 yeah with 13 seconds on the clock and the entire world, Buffalo must have burned to the ground. Bills Literally. fans must have been crying in happiness. Well, uh, <laughs> there was still 13 seconds on the clock, Bruno. And, uh, what did, what did, uh, what did uh, Andy Reid tell, tell uh, Patrick Mahomes? When things get grim, be the grim reaper. <laughs> when things get grim, be the grim reaper. <laughs> Shut up. Shut the fuck up. I hate the Chiefs so goddamn much, Bruno. Yeah. But yeah, in the end... The Bills had it. They were up three with 13 seconds left. But th no, no, they didn't have it. Oh. God fucking damn it. The dumbass Chiefs. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes said, <laughs> Bruno, I, I am Patrick Mahomes. You are still the Bills. When the Bills are in the playoffs, it ultimately, it ultimately ends in heartbreak. And that yep. is precisely what happened in this game. Mahomes yep. hits Tyreek Hill for 19 yards and Travis Kelsey on, for 25 yards on back-to-back -back plays. Weird. Weird that those are the two guys he went oh, to yeah, in the Oh, yeah, shocking. Uh, and stunningly set up a 49-yard field goal from Harrison Bucker, which, of course, he made. Of course, he made of to course. tie the game. Bruno, uh, some of the worst defense I've ever seen in yeah. those last 13 seconds. <laughs> yeah. That was very the Miami Miracle-esque. Uh, yep. Um, so at this point, tied game, tied game going into overtime. Yep. It is very clear that both the defenses were gassed in this yep. moment. They were both defenses played like dog shit, and they were both <laughs> gassed. Uh, so whoever won the overtime coin flip was most likely going to win the game. The Bills called tails because we know it never fails, but uh, it failed. God damn it! <laughs> it failed. Uh, I will say uh, in the Super Bowl, the Falcons Super Bowl. Yep. Matt Slater out there goes heads. It was heads. So maybe <laughs> the, maybe in the playoffs you need to call heads. Um, yeah. 
So, Bruno, the Chiefs took the ball, and uh, Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey on a really sick, awesome, beautiful throw. It sucked. It was really I mean, it was annoying. awesome, and it just sucks that we have to say that. I called it. We were, I was at the bar with my roommates, and I was like, uh, it's going to go to Kelsey. And then, sure enough, it went to Kelsey. Um, so this was a whole new level of heartbreak for the Bills, which is obviously, like I said, crazy considering the amount of heartbreak yeah. that they've gone through in the postseason. The Chiefs just refused to uh, follow the trend of all the other home teams losing this weekend. They were like, okay, that was cute of all of you to lose at home. Yep. But we're still the Chiefs. So yep. now they're hosting, what, their fourth straight AFC championship game. Yep. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. I'm just going to call it what it is, Bruno. It's their, it is their Super Bowl to lose at this moment. It is their Super it's Bowl to lose. It's fair to say. It's fair um, to say. The Bills obviously lose the game. Now they're on the verge of potentially losing both their coordinators. Their GM is already gone. He right. went to the Giants, so he's out. Um, it's uh, – they just couldn't. They couldn't be like the Patriots. They couldn't go into Arrowhead and win, Bruno. That's they two years in a row. It. They couldn't be the Patriots. You know, they, mm. even though they won the AFC East twice, they just yeah, they can't be like the Patriots. Can't be us, Bruno. Um, a couple things about this game. Sure. Um, God, it's fucking. Sorry, I. I don't. There's this tweet that I'm trying to find. Okay, I found it. So basically, <laughs> there was a tweet that this man Benjamin Solak put out during the game. He said this he keeps this at seven fifty one, so before the end of the game. He goes, Too much time for Mahomes, but Mahomes might score so fast he'll leave too much time for Allen, who might score so fast that he'll leave too much time for Mahomes. And it's like this tweet and it was like <laughs> for each time he said something, it was like arrow yep. pointing to touchdown at one fifty four, touchdown at one thirteen, <laughs> touchdown at thirteen seconds, field call at two seconds. This man literally called exactly uh, what's gonna happen. Um God. and it was it was banana land. Yeah, I banana. hated seeing in the final two minutes of this game, Josh Allen. 5 of 7 for 102 yards, two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, 10 of 13 for 188 yards and two touchdowns. They collectively, in the final Bruh. two minutes, threw for 300 yards, four touchdowns, and had a total of five incompletions. Yikes. Banana land. Bruno, like I said, the, the game ended um, a ridiculously wild, wild week weekend in the NFL. And mm-hmm. you think back about this, okay? The Titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times. The Packers held the 49ers offense to six points. The Bills took the lead with 13 seconds left. All three of them lost. God damn it. That's a weird thing to say. (laughs) That is very strange. That is a weird thing to say. But Bruno, we just talked for 53 minutes about Mm. four games. So uh, we promised in last week's episode we do a little more Patriots talk. It's time to do a little more Patriots talk. Who cares about those amazing games, Kurt? Let's talk about the motherfucking Patriots, baby. Yes, we will go quickly through this because we don't have a whole game to break down like last week. So True. we'll try to get this in by the hour mark. Okay. So okay. Nah, that's not going to happen. But Bruno, yeah. nah, it's okay. So let's. <laughs> so we talked about the defense last week and how we feel like there needs to be a relative overhaul in what they're doing defensively in terms of they always have had this, this notion that they're big and slow and they're strong and they're run stuffers and – you know, that's just really not – that's not where we're at in the NFL anymore. Well, 
The same thing can almost be said for their offense. And we'll get there. We'll get there. But I do think, first and foremost, you have to start the offensive talk here by talking about your rookie quarterback. Of course. Of, of course. Nah, naturally. Yeah. Bruno, as a whole, I would say the Patriots offense, offense, not team, offense overachieved in their first year with a rookie quarterback. So Mac Jones' final stats, Bruno. His completion percentage was 67.6, second best ever for a rookie behind Dak Prescott. 22 touchdowns, 13 picks, 3,800 yards, and a 92.5 rating. Bruno, Mm. even though Joe Burrow got hurt his rookie year and only played 10 games, if you took the average of Joe Burrow's 10 games and and pushed it out to a 16-game season, and I'm going to call it 16 games because Mac did play 17 for the Patriots, but he threw three passes in Buffalo. So essentially, that, Mac played. Fair. So essentially, Mac played in 16 games. That's fair. It is almost identical in every single category. Joe Burrow would have thrown a, about 400 yards more, but his rating would have been a little bit lower than Max. So if we're equating Joe Burrow's first year to Max's first year, I'll take that all day, every day. Hell now, yeah. did Joe Burrow get Jamar Chase in year two? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> I'm not saying we're getting a Jamar Chase. But well, hint, hint, uh, Patriots draft. At Patriots draft. At Phil Perry, at Tommy Curran, at all these Patriots beat writers. Convince Bill to take a receiver, please. 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 And um, not Nikki Harry 2.0. Yeah, God, get someone fast, not big. Yeah. <laughs> no more big. Just get fast. Bruno, so Mac finished as pro football focus's 10th best quarterback in the entire NFL. The next closest rookie was... 26th so it's clear that mac again we've talked about it all year he was put into a good situation but he thrived what were your thoughts on mac jones's here uh kurt exactly the same as you i'm i'm thrilled if you asked me to guess where he'd be on that ranking that you just mentioned i wouldn't have said 10th i would have said like i'd be pumped if he was like top 20 yeah so like the fact that he's 10th is great again patriots offense i feel like is more complex than most other teams so that's also something we have to consider plus kurt again his pass catchers tight ends were brought in this year so it's not like they've been comfortable in here forever we recycling wide receivers with injuries and trying to get people in there who could do something wide receiver wise running backs you know stevenson was new and they were injured sometimes too so like all things considered putting up those stats and performing the way he did and like showing the growth and maturity to get to this point i would i'm thrilled with yeah i couldn't agree more my stance on this bruno is this team obviously continues to go through a bit of a rebuild yep mac is going to be part of the solution oh yeah not the problem yes bruno the patriots offense like i said um relatively overachieved i'd say if we look at it in the grand scope of things okay try to take a step back look at this from high above Sure. They finished six in points scored and tenth in efficiency, but they did leave a little bit to be desired. I mentioned on defense they're kind of old and they're kind of slow. Yep. On offense they're not particularly old; they're just slow. Um, after watching the Chiefs and the Bills game, Bruno, and watching how fast and how prolific those offenses are, it's like right. The Patriots just aren't that. <laughs> that they really aren't close to that. Yes. Um, I think that you're going to be chasing those two teams for a while, unfortunately, unless unless you do get some element of speed. Now, Bruno, I'm not the Patriots don't have a number one wide receiver. I think you and I can agree on that. I think almost anybody in New England would agree on that. Yes. I saw this list the other day um, about the teams who are in the playoffs with the Patriots sure. and how they and like who their number one is. 
And if you listen to these names, it's like, hmm, the Patriots definitely are missing a big play element. So the Bills, Stephon Diggs. The Bengals, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. The Chiefs, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. The Bucks, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who got hurt. Rob Gronkowski. The Rams, Cooper Cup. OBJ is not on that list. You could put him on that list. Uh, Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins. Was he hurt? Yes. But still, they have DeAndre Hopkins. 49ers, Debo and George Kittle. Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. Raiders, Darren Waller. Packers, Devontae Adams. Titans, A.J. Brown. All those teams have a playmaker. Yes. The Patriots, they don't really have that. Did Kendrick Bourne give you a lot this year? Yeah, he did. Did Hunter Henry give you a lot this year? Yes, he did. There is not that guy, though, who strikes fear into the defense. Like, even Julian Edelman was that guy. Defense coordinator's like, ah, shit. Like, how are we going to stop this guy? You know what I'm saying? The Patriots don't have that one guy right now. Um, And I think... It, they might struggle to compete at the highest level without that guy. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just feel like they want to be a power team, but I'm not saying you should be finesse and speed, but you need a little bit of that element to compete in the NFL. Do you agree? Oh, Kurt, I 100% agree. I, I think you said it best. Yes, Hunter Henry caught a lot of touchdowns this year. Would I say he's a playmaker, though? Not really, because a lot of those came, it's like when we're in the red zone and we had a great play or he got open in the red zone, like, you know, that's good and we need that. But like, you know, we see Kelsey and Kittle and all these guys do that over the whole course of the field, not just in the end zone, right? Right. So Henry can maybe be part of that combo. You listed some wide receiver tight end combos. I'd say Hunter Henry can be in that combo. Maybe it's how we were using him. Maybe, you know, maybe we need to change the play calling around. Who knows? But like, he can be part of that. But I absolutely agree on the wide receivers specifically. Do I hate them? No, I don't hate them. Like, I certainly, you know I love me some Kendrick Bourne. Jacoby Myers is obviously great. We need an upgrade there. Like, we need to have those pieces that can threaten and and, and not only come up with those big plays, Kurt, but also open up the offense elsewhere so that defenses have to spend more resources trying to stop those those guy, that guy or those guys. I think you hit the nail on the head. So let's go through some of these position groups quickly, okay? Sure. Running back room. Obviously, with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, those yep. two, I think they are they're an elite backfield together. Yeah, um, and hopefully they're around for a while. James White and Brandon Bolden, both of the, uh, well, James White is the pass catching back. Obviously, he got hurt in the Saints game in Week Three, yep. missed the rest of the season. That's uh, old. But James White is old. Is it the later part of his career for sure? Maybe he retires. Maybe he doesn't. But the Patriots brought him back on a one-year contract for only two million dollars. So. Kind of like a prove-it deal. How, how are you going to do with your age? Now he's coming off a season and surgery. Me, we don't know mm-hmm. about that. Brandon Bolden did, I think, a fantastic job oh. stepping in to the James White role. But that's not really something you would expect from Brandon Bolden on a yearly basis. And he's not – was he really good this year? Yeah. But he wasn't James White. And he's not the guy you can split out in the slot and, like, expect to run these little go like these little decision routes. Right. Um so they're both free agents. Uh, JJ Taylor still on the team. He kind of he kind of is what he is. Um, overall, your two lead backs of Harris and Mondre, you're in great shape going forward. Yes. But you need to figure out your passing. Your who's your passing back going into next season for Mac? Absolutely. Um, last year in free free agency, Bruno, the Patriots did try to go out and they tried to revamp their pass catchers. Uh, they brought in obviously Hunter Henry and Janu Smith. Uh, and they signed receivers Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. So they tried. They tried to yes. go get some different weapons. Yes. They spent huge money on those four. Two of them shined. 
two of them looked pretty bad yeah. in year two. So the two good ones, Kendrick Bourne, 55 receptions, 800 yards, five touchdowns. Hell yeah. Very good season from Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. And especially late, like in the, he actually had seven touchdowns because of the two in the playoffs. Um, yeah. And it definitely seemed like the rapport between Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne is there. So that is great news going forward because you have both those guys locked up for at least three more years. Yep. Hunter Henry, 50 receptions, 603 yards, nine touchdowns. Great year for Hunter Henry. Like we said, though, I'd like to see a little bit more inside the 20 to the 20. Yes. Not just in the red zone. Yep. Now, obviously, Aguilar and Smith. Okay. You're going to need more from those two in year two if you want to compete at the highest level. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, he's just not a number one wide receiver. I think he has an element to this offense that is important because he's fast and he can stretch the field. But I don't think he's someone that strikes fear into a defense. That's all. And he had like, you know, three touchdowns or whatever. And when he got the ball in his hands, he was efficient. But for whatever reason, he couldn't really separate. So there's there's a difference between like being fast and being quick. And he's fast. He's not really quick. Yeah. So it's like he can't really separate from man-to-man coverage unless he just kind of runs a go route. Uh, so I'd like to see more Aguilar hopefully utilize a little better. Sure. And the utilization is an important word here for John o. Smith. Yep. The man did everything in Tennessee. He ran the ball. He blocked. He caught passes. He ran after the catch. He did it all. He just seemed very underutilized here. And I don't know if that's Josh McDaniels thing. I don't know if that's John o. Smith not being comfortable in the offense yet, which there were reports of that all year, that he's just not comfortable yet, blah, blah, blah. Well, we, pay, we gave you a bag, so I'd like you to be a little more comfortable. <laughs> I'd um, like you to please get comfortable. Yeah, quickly, please. <laughs> so, like, I mean, he kind of fell out of uh, – Mac Jones, I think, didn't have a lot of faith in him. Yeah. Had a couple of really bad drops early in the year. Never really recovered from it. Yeah, lost. Wasn't a very good. It was okay blocking here and there, but it wasn't consistent enough. So, right. just you're going to need more from both of those guys on offense moving forward next year. Yeah, Jacoby Myers, fantastic this year. 83 receptions, 866 yards. Oh yeah, two his first two career touchdowns. Yep. Uh, Jacoby Myers is the man. We love Jacoby Myers, but again, he's not a number one. Right. You, Jacoby Myers is a fantastic piece to an offense he cannot be the offense yes um so i don't know i he's a restricted free agent this year so we will see with that but right. I, hope, I hope he's part of the plan moving forward i would love that and very quickly to end this uh the the what this positional breakdown sure. offensive line really bad to start the year we talked about they couldn't keep mac jones upright the yep. buccaneers game mac was on the ground all the time the dolphins game the first game of the year mac was hit like 20 times the saints game he was sacked like six times it was really bad to start the year now was that compounded with trent brown being out yes mm-hmm. no doubt but when they were when the offensive line the healthy offensive line got together they were a really really good line so um you're gonna have some moving pieces there though which leads us into the pending free agent talk. Bruno. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's start with two of those linemen. Your right, your right tackle, Trent Brown, that behemoth of a man, only signed a one-year deal with the Patriots. Now he says he loves New England. There's no nothing like it. Will he take a hometown dis- discount to stay? I don't know. He got a bag when he went to the with the yeah. Raiders. He didn't play well. So I don't know your confidence in him giving him a shit ton of money. You don't have a shit ton of money to play around with. So. Is it you let Trent Brown walk and you put Mike and Wainu in at right tackle? Is that what you do? But at the same time, Ted Karras is also a pending free agent. So Ted yeah. Karras, who you brought in from Miami, 
ended up playing your left guard the entire season to replace Joe Tooney. So I feel like Mike. I feel like one of those two guys might be back, but one of those two might be gone. So I feel like if Trent Brown stays, Mike Unwainu is your left guard. If Ched Karras stays, Mike Unwainu is your right tackle. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. But those are two big names that aren't flashy, but they're important pieces of the Patriots. Yeah, money considering, Kurt, I I don't know about you, but I think I'd rather Trent Brown. I just think it's easier to replace Ted Karras. Like, Me too. That's unfair to say. But, yeah. like, I again, I am with you. I don't, like, after last off, off season especially, I don't think we can afford to give Trent Brown, like, a bazillion dollars. But, like, if we can make it reasonable, whether it's a short amount of years or, like, more money over one year than, you know, a ton of money over, like, five or something, then I'm, I'm with it. Just because, again, like Me you too. said, we saw what it was like without him, and we saw what it was like when he came back. Yeah, he loves it here. We love him here. So hopefully yes. he stays. Yes. So like I mentioned also, James White, Brandon Bolden. Yep. What happens with that? Does James White come back? If James White wants to come back, I'd say bring him back. See what happens. Uh, yep. At least he'd be a good he'd be a good guy for that room. Uh, and I hope Brandon Bolden comes back too. He wouldn't be for big money, obviously, but he's a core special teamer. He's one of their better special teamers. He obviously did a great job stepping in for whatever role he was asked this year. I think, yep. again, just a, a great guy to have in your running back room and as a leader of your team. Uh, then we have Brian Hoyer. Uh, I don't know what to think about that. Brian Hoyer, <laughs> when he played in games this year, low-key, he was really freaking good. Yeah. But like, And I know he's so important to the improvement and the knowledge of Mac Jones. Like, It's like another coach. Like Mac can bounce whatever he wants off Brian Hoyer, but like, there's Jarrett Stidham in the in the picture too, so like I don't know if the Patriots want to carry three quarterbacks next year. Where are they going with that? And here's my thought, Kurt. I feel like it's diminishing returns with Brian Hoyer. Critical to have him this year. Mac wins the starting job. Needs someone there to help guide him through the ups and downs of the season. Soaked up as much knowledge as he can. Asked him stuff for a whole 17 game season plus the playoffs. It's not like Brian Hoyer wouldn't be helpful moving forward, but I feel like the most impactful year was this year. And I'm not. And again, like I said, I don't think Mac Jones would learn nothing from Brian Hoyer moving forward. But it's like the most important year was this year. So like, I'm not going to cry about it if Brian Hoyer doesn't come back. Especially because, like you said, if I had to pick one, I would pick Sidham for the back. Me too. That's, that's just to be honest. Steady till we die. Um, <laughs> and then they have Jakob Johnson, who's been Need. great. Need. I I disagree. Kurt Jakob. I, I love Jak. Big Jak. And I think we're playing in Germany. <laughs> I think we're playing in Germany next Kurt. year. So like, Bruno. Kurt, hear me out. Jakob Johnson did a very good job in the run game. Kurt. But he's be, like, be he's nice. no, I am being nice. Dalton Keene. Dalton Keene. I think the Patriots drafted him to be that Mike Juszczyk type guy who can be a weapon in the passing game and can be a blocker. If if you get anything from Dalton Keene, I want Dalton Keene to be the starting fullback. If not, Big Yak can come back. Ah, Kurt, if you're telling me James Devlin is unretiring, then fine. But if you're not telling me that, I love Big Yaki. He's my guy. Big Yak, I love his hair. <laughs> and then Bruno Gunner, Olszewski, and Jacoby Myers, both restricted free agents. So that means if someone wants to sign them, yep. the Patriots can sign them for that amount. Or they get like a pick or something. I don't know. No, I should have looked that up. I fucked that one up. But it's so... They're restricted to the Patriots. Like they don't, they don't, they can't hit the open market. Like the Patriots will have an opportunity to match whatever it is. Right? Isn't it? Isn't it like someone else can sign them to an offer sheet, but then we have the right to match, and if we match, they just come back to us. Yes, they're back with us. Yeah. Right. So 
we will see what happens. Bruno, that is a look at the offense for next year. Uh, there are I there are positive positives from this year for sure. It looks like you have the guy a pretty solid piece in Mac Jones. They, they did a great job bringing in some capable pass catchers this, this past season. Hopefully a couple guys take that second-year leap, <clears throat> John U. Smith and Nelson Aguilar, and hopefully in the draft we get a little more explosive. And, Kurt, let me just toss this on at the end just to say it's on the record with me saying it, Kurt. Calvin Ridley, rumored to maybe not be with the Falcons. Yes, he needs to take care of his mental health. Maybe eyes emojis, Patriots. Maybe. Maybe eyes emoji. That would be, that would be going to get Mac Jones, the number one guy. Al- uh, Alabama guy. I, people forget. I was going to say that I want an Alabama guy, or I want yep. a top pass catcher, and I want that. I want that white re- receiver from Alabama later <laughs> in the round. Slade, maybe. Or something. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen, Kurt. But that Jameson guy, whatever his name is, who got injured, maybe yeah. he slides a little bit because he's injured, and we pounce. Maybe he slides, but again, you have to be patient with him. He'll probably miss yeah. all training camp. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Bruno, we'll see. I want an we'll elite see. wide receiver. Sure. So Bruno, we'll be back uh, on the on the pick two. <laughs> For this week, Forty Niners at the Rams, Bengals at the Chiefs to see who goes to the goddamn Super Bowl. So wait, you know what I just realized that we should have done? We should have made it a pick six, but it's like the spread, the over under, and the you know something else. Who we should do we that can. for this week. Who Let's says do we that can. for this week? Okay, All right, perfect. I'm so in. Perfect. Bruno, uh, I think we know what time it is. It's motherfucking time, baby. It's time for the stats guy segment. Is everybody excited to see the Bengals win the Super Bowl this year? You're favorite team hey if it ain't the chiefs i'm in go kitties true True. go kitties go kitties meow so last year i hyped up our audience (laughs) god damn it last week did i say last year i don't know you You definitely said last year i was gonna go with it but you Mm, definitely did last month uh (laughs) last week i uh hyped up our fans our uh loyal listeners and i said that i'd be talking about pop culture this week Oh, I forgot yeah. that. And yeah. I said that my brain was infiltrated with ideas. Infiltrated. What well, did we land on? What did you say? What Moon. did we land on? I had about 17 different ideas because if you know me and you know my brain, that's how it works. Yeah, I decisiveness, was led on an entire journey. I'll, I'll take you through it very briefly. Mm, top level, 20,000 foot. I was like, maybe I'll talk about the Britney Jamie Spears drama going on. Oh God, maybe so I'll talk drama. about Kanye West buying a house Woo! across the street from Kim. Woo! Maybe then I'll just talk about something lighter, like what do we think about Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson? Mm. Then I was thinking about the wags of the NFL again, because mm-hmm. they're my favorite demographic of celebrity. And I was thinking about, like, do they mm. just get their box seats for free? Or are they just so rich that they could just pay for that? That was... That was one of the questions I was asking. Mm. Then I was looking into uh, music as it pertains to the NFL. And, you know, one of Kurt and Bruno's favorite thing about this podcast is the lovely music that is edited in Mm. in terms of that. So I was doing all of that research, but then I was like, maybe I'll kind of do like a football stat again and then just sprinkle in something pop culture. And where I get all my pop culture news is the Explore page on Twitter. And so mm. I was bopping through the headlines. You know, it has For You, Trending, COVID-19, News, Sports, Entertainment. One would think I would go right to entertainment. But I wanted to do us all a favor and I hit sports. And hmm. then I was hit with such a headline today. I was like, that's going to be the research today. So I went on that whole journey for nothing. The headline, I'll read it to you. I'll read it. 
from the Los Angeles Times, a reliable mm. source, but the not too reliable because I couldn't really read the article because I don't have a subscription. <laughs> the Super Bowl is asking dancers to volunteer 72 hours of unpaid time to perform in the halftime show. What the hell? Probably because they've spent so much on their goddamn stadium, they have no money to pay anybody. Right, right, right. So then I was like, is that normal? Do they normally get paid? How much do the performers get paid? How much money does the NFL make? You know, last week we talked about how much do they make just based on ticket sales. Or I don't know if that was last week. That could have been two weeks ago. I think it that was, was last, last year. Last month. And Time is a social construct. Right, right. And so I was like, how much money do they make just off the Super Bowl? What kind of what kind of funding does that bring in? Mm. The journey of research began. This year, we obviously know that the headliner is a combo of Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick. It's going to be quite the performance. I, look, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt. Haven't been this excited since Katy Perry. People really? forget Left Shark. <laughs> I never forget Left Shark. You should have looked at how much Left Shark made. Oh. It really should have been one of my research questions, but it simply wasn't. So the Super Bowl halftime shows, does anybody have any guesses about how much it costs to produce and put on? Uh, 100 mil. Well, I don't know. Um, I know it's the Pepsi halftime show, so I don't know Mm. if it's – does Pepsi get paid to the NFL or who's paying who? Do you know? I don't know. Who are you asking? I had a, this is a general question for the public. Well, Pepsi pays for the sponsorship, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's the Pepsi halftime show. So they pay the NFL. Yes, for the sponsor. Yeah. But are you asking how much does it cost for the NFL to put on the halftime show? How? Yeah. Uh, I feel hundred like hundred mil. mil. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm guessing it's high. I have no idea. 20 mil? 150 mil. Okay. So. <laughs> she told me to go lower. So I <laughs> raised it. <laughs> the. Uh, like the hype has been killed because it costs, well, it says in excess of $10 million. Oh, that's nothing. Right. Well, I thought that was a big number. You want to know no, who doesn't have $10 million? Me. You want to know, know who, who does? The NFL. Dollars? Me. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I was high on $20 million because I think I just think about how, how the empire that is the NFL and how yeah. much they get on just viewership alone from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I was like. It's probably an astronomical number. Which goes but, into why don't they pay their fucking dancers if they have so much fucking money? Hmm. Hence my research. So <laughs> it says in excess of $10 million. Another source was telling me that since the Super Bowl. Another source. <laughs> usually goes. Adam Schefter. <laughs> usually length of time of the Super Bowl halftime show is between 12 and 15 minutes. It's about a million dollars per minute. Of production, mm. damn. When you also, break it down like that, huh? Yeah, we've wild. been recording for five and a half minutes already. <laughs> five and a half million dollars. I mean, undoubtedly. That's how do how we sign up for that? For how do we show. sign up for that? Yeah. It's like that. It's like that meme of the guy like banging his credit card, like, <laughs> like putting his hand, like, give me. <laughs> Yeah, that's us. I'm the me doing this research was the meme of the girl who has all the formulas floating in front of her face and just like staring off into the distance. Next crazy fact: the headliners simply don't get paid. What? The at headliners all? make no money from performing at the Super Bowl halftime show. Dude, wow, NFL that's so crazy. Cheap. Because I was going to say, what does the NFL pay those people? 
Nothing. Wow, that is, that dog is just about as upset about it as I am. I they they put in so much time and energy to perfect their root, not routine, their set list. Or right. so like, much time. So the NFL provides a little bit of funding for the production of the show, but a lot of times the actual record label will add more money because they obviously want the show to be a massive success. So they're willing to invest more in the show. If the NFL can't give the headliner the right kind of budget. When Bruce Springsteen performed at the Super Bowl halftime show in 2009, the NFL granted Bruce Springsteen could literally stand on stage with his voice and a guitar and be fine. True. The NFL gave him $1 million to produce his entire show. So his label and other sponsorships kind of picked up the rest of the tab. But again, it was like a very skeletal performance based on what we're used to. The weekend, when he performed in the Super Bowl more recently. Last year. Right. He pitched in $7 million of his own money to make sure the show was what he wanted. Which was crazy. You remember it was so many lights and the mirror hallway. Like that was a lot of extras. Um, well, that's interesting, too, because, like, you're right. There's been so many different sets. Like, Coldplay just put a stage out there. Like, it was it was nothing. And then you have, like, Katy Perry come in on a real-life or robotic lion. like Or Lady Gaga, like, trapezing in from the sky. Yeah. Right. And then Katy Perry floating around on a shooting star. Like, weird things happened in that Super Bowl. So, the big question is... Why do they put so much time and effort into this if they don't get paid? And it's so dumb sauce because they say exposure. That's what I was going to say. So the Super Bowl brings in the bajillions of viewers every yeah. year. It's yep. like almost guaranteed regardless of who's playing. Justin Timberlake's, I'm just going to give you some breakdowns of why this exposure stuff actually matters. And it's pretty much regardless of how much of a success the show is. Justin Timberlake's sales, music sales rose 534% directly following his performance. Maroon Damn. 5, who put on a halftime show in 2019, which all due respect to my baby daddy, Adam Levine, not mm. my favorite halftime show. That was pretty bad. Their sales spiked 488% after their performance. Lady Gaga's music sales rose 1,000% <laughs> okay. after her uh, halftime so show, which did. was worth it. Um, Bruce Springsteen, I mentioned, they only gave him a million dollars to put on his show, but he like they didn't give stats on what his music sales did, but he put most of his tour that he was doing the rest of the year on sale the morning after um, and grossed $156 million. From ticket sales to his tour directly following the Super Bowl, which according to Billboard.com, or like Billboard, was the third most successful best-selling tour of 2009 behind Madonna, who grossed $222 million across 46 shows. So Springsteen had 72, but whatever. And at number one, U2, that same year, which grossed 312 million years. So in 2009, it was U2, Madonna, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, who was popular much longer ago, no offense, in 2009, having the third most successful sales for his tour. Beyonce was on that list at, like, number 15. Well, she's so... Just just to 
and that was 2009. That was like peak Beyonce before she really, yeah. you know, started being secretive about renting the Louvre for music videos. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's kind of the stats. Wow. Can I go through the last 10 Super Bowl halftime shows and you guys tell me your top three? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Full send. I, I love okay. this. All right. So. Uh, full full confession. I know this is gonna you know not be a popular opinion here. I'm not a halftime show guy. I don't like them at all. I usually go like poop. Well, you got you got minutes. some time. That's fifteen, 15 minutes is a short. Have you ever poop. heard of breakfast? Have you ever heard of breakfast hour at Gamble? Kurt, tell her about breakfast hour. <laughs> breakfast hour is <laughs> you come in at eight, but you don't start work till nine because you have to PPT. Eat. Yep. You eat and you PPT. Yep. You're on paid poop time. Yep. So. That's, definitely that's this breakfast hour. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, right, so Kurt will give his top three, and if I have a single thought, I'll lend my thoughts. Okay. I'm going to give you top three and least favorite three. Okay. That's breakfast hour do. when I get to work, too. Usually, like, I get to work, I put my stuff down, yeah. I, you know, yeah, you, you go make a round with my coworkers. Yeah. How was your night last night? How was your weekend? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I don't start working until, like, 1030. Of you course. knew it was going to be a bad day when Aunt was in the back room oh, at, yeah. like, 8.03 and, like, no breakfast hour. We got shit to do. Like, it was <sighs> terrible. I was like, Aunt, you're making us work. You got trip. gray floors to do today, boy. Oh, That's we've traumatic. Traumatic. Sorry. Go hang, go hang TVs and burn. <laughs> okay. Kill myself. No, thanks. God damn it. All right, so Kurt, so, top three and least favorite from Kurt. Bernie, you're chiming in on this. The last 10 years in order from most recent to 10 years ago. Okay. That's the Weeknd. Oh, okay. Shakira. No peanut gallery until I'm done yep, with the you're list. You're right. You're right. The Weeknd, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez in 2020. I forgot 2019, about that one. Also, this is just wild that this was 2019. This feels like 15 years ago. Um, 2019, Maroon 5 with Big Boy and Travis Scott. Okay. 2018, I don't think I have a single recollection about this halftime show. Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids along with the University of Minnesota Marching Band. <laughs> that was the favorite Patriots. right there. Favorite. Yep. That was the what? It's Patriots, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, uh, the, the Rams the... win. No. Mm. Yes. No. Maroon 5? Sorry, I don't, <laughs> sorry to this man. <laughs> sorry to this man. 2017, Lady Gaga alone. Obviously, she doesn't need anybody else. 2016 was the Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson, and University of California marching band. Which I will say, the coolest part about that performance was when Beyonce was in front of an entire marching band. I get chills thinking about it, but the rest of the show was simply not it. And it was also at like 11 a.m. I remember it being light out. I don't know what time it was. Oh, it's because the game was played at, so, uh, in California. Well, kickoff was 6 o'clock, but the game was 3 o'clock out there. Right. Because it was in California. Right. Dumb. 2015, Katy Perry, Lenny Kravitz, Missy Elliott, and Arizona State University marching band. Mm. Big marching fans of marching bands. <laughs> that was great. Um, I remember nothing about the Missy Elliott, Lenny Kravitz part of that. Because the sh- Katy Perry was just it. Just left shark. Um, 2014, Bruno Mars and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. 2013, Beyonce and Destiny's Child. And 2012 was Madonna, LMFAO, Nicki Minaj, MIA, and CeeLo Green. <laughs> what an electric group right there. <laughs> okay. Top three? Sheesh. I'm not going to lie. Were you writing them down? Yeah. Wow. Impressive. I'm not going to lie. These all kind of like, they're not great. No. There have been better ones in the past. All right, let me give you my least favorite three because I think I can do those pretty easily. Madonna, because I do not care about her. Okay. At all. And I think her voice stinks. So I'll put her at you third You are worst. also 
um, what, 14 during this Super Bowl, 2015? I was 16. In, in 2012? You were, you were 16. You had just... You had just turned 16. Yep, that's what I said. So, Madonna, I'll give you third worst. Third worst? This <laughs> <sighs> tough for Kurt to decide the worst. <laughs> Coldplay, that one, I don't like Coldplay very much. Beyonce okay. helped, but it didn't, it didn't make Beyonce a difference. Helped. That's second worst, and I think the worst one. Wait, Madonna was third worst? I thought you were saying Madonna was worst worst. No. The worst one was the Justin Timberlake one. Terrible. Really bad. Really, really bad. Maroon 5 was close to being on that list. That one was really bad, too. They can be within the middle four. Yeah, they'll, that's where they'll lie. Um, shit. I didn't like The weekend at all. He didn't do much for me. The Lady Gaga one was crazy because... Did the I really pyrotechnics? Ca- yeah. Lady Gaga one's in my top three. Not really because I like Lady Gaga, but because of what was happening during that moment. Uh, Ab, we just talked about this this weekend. While Lady Gaga was performing, and she got pipes that I don't give her credit for, Brad called as the Patriots were down 21-3. to And he's like, hey, buddy, um, I had an epiphany. I'm like, sure you did, Brad. He's like, we're going to win the game. I'm like, we're down 18 points. I'm like, please I- stop talking. I remember being on the back burner when you had received this call and seeing how irate Kurt was at where the score was and what this ridiculous statement his dad was making. Yeah, it was bananas. So That's for that bananas. reason, Lady Gaga's in my top three. She was dope. And positive, positive memories. Positive memories about that. Ab, you're not going to like me. Mm, I'm I not, already don't. I'm not add, putting. Add, <laughs> add to the why. I'm not putting Beyonce in the top three. That's okay. Uh, my number two is Shakira and J-Lo because I was there. I am actually shocked. Oh, oh, right. You were there. Okay. And to see that in person was crazy. Was it the best? No. But it was. there were stripper poles and there was <laughs> Shakira and J-Lo in tight things. And the Shakira like. <laughs> like remember I know that exactly what thing? you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> so that, I, I thought you were that. pooping. Yeah, Bruno saw that on Twitter. I, I saw a clip. He's that guy. Yes, <laughs> it was never played ever again after the first show. No, in the moment. don't say your number one. Don't say your number one. You know what it is. I know, but take your headphones off. I'm nervous. Bruno, guess what his number one is. Well, can uh, I come well he back? put his headphones back on. Can I come back? No. I didn't. What? We okay. hadn't well, even said anything. How can I? I can't. Okay, how are we doing this? I'm taking my headphones off, but I cannot. Okay, look at you. I'm gonna go like this. Okay, perfect. I'm gonna cover the camera, and when I uncover it, you oh, can he come didn't listen. He didn't listen to the end of that. Okay. <laughs> what do you think his favorite? I mean, it has to be Katy Perry, right? Mm, yeah, that's my guess too. Okay. Am I safe to return? You are Welcome safe. Welcome back. Uh, we just guessed what your number one was. Yep. It's it was not a really hard. stupid thing to guess. Yeah, it's not hard to guess. Continue. It's the Katy Perry one. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I guess was going to say, if you're like, Bruno, I, it's I, really I, not the that hard to guess. I'm, I'm kidding, Kurt. I'm it was kidding. the Bruno Mars and Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> you oh, guessed that? No, no, no I didn't. Oh, oh, she was hoping I... I was going to yeah. say, like, it would have been funny. Oh, Anyways, I, I that was that my up. joke. It didn't land. <sighs> well, no. the uh, Ab, remember, too, that was our freshman year at UConn. We watched that one together as well. Katy Perry? Yes, that was. Yes, we were of in, course. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, you sounded. You're surprised. agreeing. Yeah. You're both agreeing. We're mad, but we're agreeing. I think we agree on this. What is that from? I think we agree on this. Oh my god. What is that from? Oh no. 
it's for next week's stat. No, it's not. You keep talking. I, I think we agree on this. Oh my god, I'm gonna lose Bruno, my Bruno, do you know what that is? I don't, but I. You Tammy know. Taylor, Friday Night Lights. <gasps> That's what it was. I got. It. I think we agree on this. That was when um, uh, Coach Taylor <laughs> thought it was crazy that Matt Saracen had proposed to Julie, and he's like, Julie. She's like, Yeah. Julie, well, that's crazy. What did you say? I was like, what did you say? And then he's yelling at her. And she's like, I don't know why you're yelling at me. And then he starts walking away. I think we agree on this. (laughs) And that is from um, season five, episode 13 of Friday Night Lights. Episode titled, always highly recommend. Best episode of the season. Continue, Kurt. Best episode and last episode ever of that show. Great show. Uh, This show was pretty good. It was just really freaking long. So sorry about that, y'all. Hour and a half for this one. So I apologize. Honestly, a treat. No no need to apologize. Yeah. Well, you know what? This season's ending very soon. So we're just trying to give them a little more. So yeah, we're just givers. Course. We're just givers around here. Hey, it's earned, not given. What yeah. happens in the dark always comes to the comes light. Comes to the light. <laughs> Another electric show, Kurt. Kurt uh, and Stats Guy too, for the record. We decided we're having a pick two x three, pick two times three, pick two, pick two to six. I don't know what we're gonna call it, Kurt, but it's gonna be pick six somehow, even though there's only two games. Stay tuned this weekend. Uh, Stats Guy, everyone, hopefully we all wish that this weekend is going to be as electric as last weekend was, so it's going to be hard to live up to. But we shall see. You never know. Uh, The championship games are always fun. So we will see this weekend at a time TBD for the Pick 2 X3, Pick 2, Pick 6. But until then, and until next time, we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys. Go Bengals.